0: Welcome to the Lioness Queen Podcast. Your host, Reverend Dr. Marisha, founder, speaker, spiritual coach, and licensed minister, shares how she overcame the emotional trauma from divorce with her faith in God. Now let's jump into your daily dose of letting go of the past and living totally residue free. Here's your host, Reverend Dr. Marisha. Right. Welcome back, welcome back my Lioness Queens. I am truly excited about today's episode because we are highlighting another Lioness Queen this week and her name is Marilyn Dawson who has so many gifts, uh, they're, they're really kind of hard to uh, even give you all of them um, but she is a certified solo mom, agape resource tactician She is an author, a life coach, a blogger, but really her goal ultimately is to help Christian single moms learn how to spiritually balance their lives in a way where she teaches them how to reduce um, and manage. Uh, how how to help women manage their time and also manage their finances and so it's really a juggling act especially when you are a single mom trying to handle all of that all of that weight on your own so welcome to the show Miss Dawson thank you awesome so let's get right into the show I normally love starting off and reflecting on a poem or quote and I found this one from Pinterest um, and it says you're not a victim for sharing your story you are a survivor setting the world on fire with your truth and you never know who needs your light your warmth and raging courage Mm. I truly believe this quote is all connected to Miss Dawson's story and I truly believe um when one has the courage to overcome abuse, it definitely is a testimony. It definitely is a reflection of God's goodness um it definitely um it allows it allows others to see and and gives others hope that a brighter day is ahead. It gives other others hope that I can have the courage just like she did to take that step of faith. And so I think this is a good segue in, uh, for our guests to share with my audience, uh, what was the emotional trauma that journey that you experienced um, that really was the heaviest part where you made that decision, I need to leave?
1: Wow. Uh, The heaviest part where I decided I needed to leave um, was a a discussion I had with my ex about uh, firearms, believe it or not. Um, he had taught me how to clean a black powder rifle, which um, at the time I did have my own, but he had made the comment that if anybody was to meet him with a gun, uh, he would, uh, I can't remember now exactly what he said he would do, but it was something related to the children. And I, I remember thinking, I can't have that happen. And, uh, prior to that the scenarios leading up to that conversation had not been good there was emotional abuse there was um sexual abuse but not in the way of being hit or anything it's hard to explain but it was there some have described it as marital rape um there was uh financial abuse and uh I had already been told a couple years earlier that perhaps separation would be helpful, but I'm one of those people that doesn't learn to give up or let go easily. So when this conversation about firearms happened, I realized I had to go. And, uh, so that night we went to bed and, uh, 3 AM arrived. And I still wasn't asleep yet. And I finally, it finally occurred to me how I could slip out the door with the kids in tow. And so I did that, ran to a hotel and from there to a women's shelter. And um, then uh, two weeks later, my sister makes a, what we call to this day, a kamikaze trip out to uh, retrieve us from the province we were in back to my home province and uh, life began there as a as a single mother but um, it was I went through two years of trying to make it work two years of well maybe things will improve maybe if we can go to counseling maybe if we can figure things out it things will improve and it never did
0: and so what fears did you have during that time did you uh, what fears did you have for yourself and what fears did you have for your children
1: fears for myself were physical social and emotional and um, in some ways financial because I really wasn't sure if I got out on my own how I would be able to support the kids um, I, I really didn't want to uh, support them on my own I never I didn't want to be a single mom uh, Due to issues between me and my dad having uh, personality clashes, I had anger problems at the time, and I really wasn't looking forward to having to deal with those and have my kids at the same time. And there was uh, I, I was also raised uh, old-school Pentecostal. Mm. Uh, that's important to my story because uh, from age 10 through to uh, this discussion, I had uh, a backside of the church resume longer than my arm, and in old school Pentecostal uh, theology, once you were divorced, you could no longer serve in your church. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, oh, so wow. that was a reality I grew up with, and uh, of course, also being taught that marriage was for life and. Um, It was, it was a, that was a fear as well. Like if, if I fled, what would happen to my ministry? What would happen to my ability to minister in God's house? And, uh, so eventually when I had no choice but to bite the bullet and finally actually leave, that actually contributed a fair bit to the trauma.
0: Oh, wow. So that's. Wow. I, that's, I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that before. That if you got divorced, you could not serve in your church. Yeah. Wow. So, so, and, and that's how you were raised. It's how
1: that, I was that, raised.
0: That's how you were raised. So how was he with Was he raised with those same beliefs? I mean, did he no. did he grow up in a Pentecostal church as well?
1: He grew up in um, an unsaved home with a saved housekeeper who uh, took him and his brother to a uh, Foursquare church. And Foursquare is has always been uh, more forgiving of hmm. separated and divorced households than um, the Pentecostal denomination up to that point. And so he did not have that background. So,
0: what was it like in the beginning when you first got married what what when did when did that when did it shift when did when did that shift take place
1: uh, when we first got married, he was uh, participating in uh, adult bible study classes uh, during the Sunday school hour at church. He was um, likening the Christian faith to um Star Trek's Klingons in how you need to be fierce to defend your faith and stand up for it. Um, The shift began after we moved away from his hometown to um, another place where we had moved in order to go for work. Mm -hmm. And the, the church we were attending at the time, he didn't seem to resonate with as well and uh, that was unfortunate there were other churches in the town that we were in but um, they resonated even less i was teaching sunday school at that church on sundays and um, i was slotting myself in as i was used to doing but he had a really hard time doing that and uh, i think it could began to contribute to his um, his own decline But he had been, the, the, the sexual financial and emotional abuse had happened in his hometown first before, and it had traveled with us to this new place.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So what, what? Wow. This is so, I'm learning something today. I, 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 so one I've never heard of, of, um. I've heard of I've heard of, you know, divorces and no no, like that's just something you never do. Um, but not to the degree of you cannot serve in your church if 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 this happens. Um I do know, you know, years ago they even when you were abused, they would say, you know, just pray about it. Mm-hmm. God will God will God will restore, God will work it out. Just pray. And you know it's like okay you're you're telling me to do that but in the same regard you're not the one getting beat you're not the one getting manipulated you know like you're not the one dealing with these mind games it's witchcraft you're not the one dealing with these things you're not the one who who's scared of their life who's scared to go to sleep at night you know right um and so so how did you because this is especially since you were raised this way how did you hear from God to say, "You know my daughter like your my say your safety it, it that that is my number one concern, and I truly love you no matter what decision that you make what was that what was that process like for you?" Because that 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 right there to me is huge, especially when you've been raised and I would say programmed a certain way mm-hmm. to really understand uh I mean God's unconditional love and that his love, I mean, it conquers a multitude, right? And so how how did that process, what did that look like? Uh
1: to begin with, it um it got shaped by the fact that when I married my ex, we, we began attending his church, which was the Foursquare Church. Mm-hmm. So I spent six years away from uh, the Pentecostal Church in Foursquare. And uh, it was the Foursquare pastor that first told me um, two years prior to my leaving that, you know, you might want to separate for a while and see if you can work things out and they understood where i was coming from on uh, the divorce teachings but they were urging me to at least separate and uh, i believe that was god speaking through them the first time urging me to get out of the situation and i wasn't uh, entirely listening at that point i still thought that well if you fight for it you can save it and under many circumstances out there, that's true, but it takes both people to fight for it. And uh, so when I when I finally fled, I was scared spitless. And um, the next two weeks after I fled, uh, not only was I in severe flight or fight syndrome, not and maybe getting an hour, maybe two hours sleep a night while I wrapped up my affairs in the town that we were in, um, God was still telling me that, yes, this was the decision he had uh, had been asking me to make two years earlier, and now I was making it. He was happy I was making it. Now things could start to change. And uh, when when I came to the, the town where my sister brought me, where my family was living, the, the Pentecostal church there had since left that early teaching, thankfully enough, but I did not know that mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. And, um, One pastor I had met with for a bit of counseling was still very much old-school, which was not helpful Mm -hmm. And I only had two or three sessions with him because I just couldn't handle the uh, the judgmental behavior I was getting and uh, At first I thought well, maybe I'll just hide in the choir because I do sing That's one of the giftings God has given me and I figured you know if I can just hide in the back row nobody will ask any questions and um, I can at least serve here. And God had other plans. And um, when my ex met me uh, through the mail several months later with uh, divorce papers, he um, I was I went for three weeks. In more trauma over that and the old school thought patterns particularly with this one pastor still in this one church then I think actually fleeing did um, the trauma was huge mm-hmm. but I finally realized if I did not counter sue I would my kids would be going back to this man he would be treating them the way he treated me and I could not fathom that so I made the harsh decision to counter Sue. I won. I received custody of the kids without child support. That was part of how I won. And um, no alimony. I was now forced to raise my kids on my own, using my own resources. But um, it was several months into attending this new church where, I, where my family attended, where I realized they were not judging me for divorce. I was actually able to serve and that began a, a relief time sorry a relief period where I could start to calm down on the the ministry side of things and actually begin to relax in that aspect and then start focusing on surrounding my kids with uh, the godly influences that I wanted for them
0: and during this time how did you because this is This, I mean, it's really, it's overwhelming even for me to hear um, just how much that you went through. How did you protect your children in the midst of all of this, in this journey?
1: That was a hard thing to do. Um, In fact, I don't even think that protecting them is the right word for it. It was more like walking them through the same process I was going through and, and figuring out how to explain to them what had happened and why it happened in words that a three and a five year old could understand. Um, I did not hide my situation from them mm-hmm. and um, in some ways I couldn't either because the enemy started stepping in in a big way. Um, They say in secular psychology that children will get uh, night terrors and that you can fix those with diet or you can fix those with um, increasing their daily exercise and all of that kind of thing. But these were demonic. Mm -hmm. And I had been raised as a spiritual warrior, thankfully enough. So I began teaching them at those ages the same skills that my parents had taught me When I was a child and I had no choice because at one point um, a demon showed up pretending to be their dad and freaked both of them right out of their skin Mm -hmm. and uh, so I really could not shield them per se I had to teach them how to manage life without dad around why mom and dad were separated my son got quite angry actually and uh my daughter began to she she ran to god the way i did and um when they entered grade school uh people who met my daughter wondered where her dad was because she was so secure in how she handled Mm. life people Mm. met my son and knew immediately he was from a divorced household Mm. without even asking so i had one of each so it was
0: how they well it because they, they internalize it different ways and it's all how the children internalize the divorce. And I know boys, they love their mommies. <laughs> they, love, they love their mommies. But for your daughter to embrace her heavenly father in a way that fills that void is amazing.
1: Oh, it's totally amazing and uh, she to this day like she's 24 now my son is 26 they're still living at home but to this day my daughter will refer to God as daddy and uh, she has a, a an a over Skype relationship with her earthly dad so occasionally I'll ask her to clarify which dad she's talking about but um, she has had a father relationship with father God since she was three
0: oh wow oh yeah it's it's it just never know because it it, is traumatic for them no matter what age Mm -hmm. and they really they really um they feed off of us and they feed off of our hurt and our pain and um the fact that you decided to be honest um I mean that I say that is the way that's what really what we're supposed to do. But in the same regard, I feel like sometimes we have to be careful in how we present things. Mm-hmm. Um because they one, children learn things on their own, even without us saying like that.
1: Yeah, they learn by watching. It gives
0: them discernment before they even know really what it is. Because children yep. children just have that sixth sense, I say. Um, But they really, they literally can, can see it for themselves. And it's not something that we verbally have to say, you know, and I truly believe for my son going through the process of divorce, I had to let him know that basically it was just a generational curse. Uh, It's not something that his father uh, did consciously. It Mm. it was all subconscious. um, And he just, he just repeated the cycle that his dad did to his mother and and sadly enough that his mom i think that was the biggest uh hit blow for her because she felt like you're doing the same thing your daddy did to me and oh, I don't no. understand how, how could this be like how how could you repeat this cycle but that's that's what happens in generational curses and yes. so um that was the way um I taught my son like hey look your daddy doesn't he doesn't know right this is he's doing what, what his dad did. And so that I want him to come from a lens of um, I don't want you to blame your father for what he what he did. But in the same regard, I need you to look at it from a lens of um, it's a cycle. And this is mm-hmm. this is this is this is this is what spiritual warfare is this is this is what bondage is this is what strongholds are right yeah and so is is there anything in your ex-husband's life that you could say um, uh, led to the reason why um, he's so angry is there anything in his childhood anything in his relationships with his parents, um, did something traumatic happen to him? And
1: do you, yeah, do you... his parents, uh, divorced as well. Um, that was not a generational curse per se. The generational curse in his household was actually suicide mm. and uh, we had broken that curse, um, early in the marriage. And, um, his dad had both his parents his mom more than his dad had been abusive to the kids the housekeeper was more the mother than the the mother herself and um, my ex uh, when he became an adult did have um, questionable in my mind relations with um, women prior to meeting me and I thought those had been dealt with before he had uh, recommitted his life to Christ that Mm -hmm. he had told me about, but um, I was ignoring red flags at the time. And uh, if there are single women listening today, pay attention to those red flags. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how much you think you might love the person, if they're mentioning things in their past that make you uncomfortable, it's time to look elsewhere. Mm I paid and I'm probably, you know, because of, uh, raising my kids in their entire lives as a single mother, I can basically say I paid for the, ignoring those red flags for my adult life. And, uh, the, it, it, that part of life, well, you can learn from it. If you don't have to put yourself through that, don't.
0: And did you see those before you got married or this happened early on in the marriage?
1: I saw several of them before I got married. I had a best friend slash pen pal who saw one of them in a big way, so bad that she actually walked away from our friendship for several years because she couldn't stand to watch me continue to put myself through what she thought was going to be a future problem. And um, years later, we would reconnect uh, briefly, and I would apologize for that. But, um, there were signs before getting married that I should have paid attention to and I ignored them. Yeah,
0: that's, that's, it's just so easy for us to do as women. Uh, I I love to say that we, we love seeing, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We love, oh, we love seeing potential. Yeah. We we love seeing, you know, oh, we love seeing potential, but. When it comes to really seeing what's there, uh, we see potential more than we see the red flags, right? Like that is.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I.
0: But it's because I truly believe it's the nurturer in us. I think I truly believe that is how it's one of the things that God gave us, right? He gave us that nurturing spirit right. where we have the ability to see. Um, potential like even seeing potential in our children seeing the diamonds in our children that they don't see yet that is that is the lens i believe women have and and we do that in men as well not really realizing that there's some things that we need to see in them um more than potential um yeah because if they don't see the potential the then they will ever walk it out. They will ever be who God called them to be. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, you know, there's also the thing that many women go into, be, uh, again, probably because we are nurturers. We can't go into a relationship and say, you know, I see this potential. I'll help them reach that potential.
0: Yeah, sometimes we love we love saving men. We, we we like being we like being Wonder Woman. We like to save them. We love to save them. Yeah, mm-hmm. we do that too. Uh-huh. And again, that's easy. But it's like it's so easy for us to do. Again, I truly believe that is that that is in our nature card, right? Our nurture nature card. Like we we love, you know. Um, I helps I I hate to say it, but sometimes we love projects. Right, it it yeah. makes us feel. It makes us feel some type of way that I've helped this person evolve. I've helped them, you know. Not realizing, especially as a man, you know, God created them first, and so there's certain things that God expects yeah. them to do to know how to do in order to be the man of the household. But in the same regard, it, it's like us being you know the movie uh what's that my fat greek wedding have you ever seen that movie my big I've fat greek it, but wedding. i haven't watched it and you've never seen it oh my gosh so <laughs> i love that movie so in the first one uh there was some question with the daughter and the daughter was questioning whether or not um, she should get married so she was Greek and he wasn't and and, and there was all of these uh, different types of, uh, I mean customs that they did you know so right. he was like a foreigner to them um, but they fell in love and so she didn't know if she would marry them or not and the mother talked about she was trying to tell the daughter look even though your dad is Greek and I'm Greek, you know it's still a lot we don't have in common. And she said, but she said I, he is the head, but I am the neck. And I'm gonna tell you what: I have the ability to to switch that head and turn that head any which way I want it to go. So, oh I truly, yeah, I truly believe like we, us being that support, we can also have the ability to enable. You know,
1: yeah, um,
0: uh, we, we we have that ability and 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 in any regard, right? In any regard, but it is it, sad to say that, um, sometimes that could be our downfall. You have to see that movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. <laughs> it, it's really, it's really funny, but it, it has a lot of good, uh, it has a, a lot of good positive pieces in it that just, um, make you think about life and also relationships as well especially when you come from different backgrounds you know um Mm -hmm. you come from different backgrounds so tell me how did you how did you through this whole process and everything that you went through because you you definitely went through an emotional journey of mountains and valleys what what how did you figure out who you were like who 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 was Marilyn like how did you figure that piece out because I know definitely for myself that was the biggest part for me um you you have this mrs title you have this mom title right and then you it's time to check the single box and it's time to figure out who is who is Marilyn so how how did that, how did you discover your identity again?
1: That's another story. Um, to, to begin with, the first few years after my divorce, honestly, I was uh, mentally, emotionally running from anything that would make me face what I had gone through. I was working hard. I put myself through college to get the the career as a computer repair tech. I was paying the bills. I was getting the kids to and from school, looking after house and home. And I was getting involved in church again. I was uh, in a prayer group and I was in choir and I was doing this and that. And uh, the fall of 2007, I think it was, because I fled my ex in in the spring of 99 and um the fall of 2007 God decided enough was enough there were some things he was going to have me face and uh he began doing that with um how my son was doing in school and then with uh issues that my ex was trying to throw up in my face again and I ended up in a spiritual mental emotional social whirlwind for the next 8 9 months into spring of 2008 and during that time god was uh peeling back the onion so to speak mm-hmm. and uh stripping things away that i thought were me and partway through that scenario i was like who if I let go of this, if I let go of that, who on earth am I going to be? What's going to be left? And I was sitting there at my computer one day as processing through my fingers, um, in tears because it felt like I, like my life was now just like in so many shattered shards all over again, wondering what was going to rise up out of these pieces. And, uh, God told me that you know what will be left is who I wanted you to be to begin with mm. and uh, that gave me some grounding mm-hmm. um, it did not get did do away with uh, the fear of the scenario I was going through at the time but it did give me grounding to continue going through it and uh, God showed me that um, who I was was not the hats I was wearing and that's a hard thing for for most of us women to deal with we're so used to identifying ourselves by the hats we wear Uh, whether it's our job or our position or what we do in ministry or um, there are women I know that wear the the mother hat so proudly that that when their kids leave home the empty nest syndrome is bad yeah, but you know. um, God was saying, you know, uh, there there was one day I remember, and uh, God asked me, "Who are you?" And I said, "I am Marilyn." He goes, "No, wrong answer. Who are you?" And I said, "I am a daughter of the King." He says, "You're getting <laughs> closer." And he says, "Who are you?" And I said, and, and then all of a sudden it dawned on me and it became, uh, I, I went scrambling for Bible studies at that point. I said, I am your bride. And uh, I'm about ready to burst into tears here as I recall that stereo. Oh. But he, he says, that's correct. You are the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I want you to learn to move in that identity. And Beth, at the time, I had gone through a, a two or three uh, Beth Moore uh, Bible studies. And uh, there was one she had done on the fruit of the spirit, which was really quite impactful for me. And uh, there was a, at the time, I also ran across a guy's uh, a devotional in uh, simply called becoming the Bride of Christ and he took it from uh, the perspective of uh, David's life because he had a very New Testament relationship with God mm-hmm. and uh, through the Song of Solomon as well and I could prior to this I could not read that book the Song of Solomon just was a, a really traumatic for me because of the sexual abuse I had suffered mm-hmm I just saw that book in a very physical, very um, literal sense. I, I did not see the allegory of the Bride of Christ in that book. And this this devotional this guy wrote drew that out. Hmm. And uh, so when it came time to actually share my own story, I realized, well, I can't give it the same title as this guy's book. I'll need to do something different. So I called it Becoming the Bride of Christ, A Personal Journey and uh that going through that that the song of solomon in allegorical form was very therapeutic for me very traumatic at the same time because i saw myself in many of the uh problem spots that um the woman in the in the in the book goes through and uh i it just put a put that book in all of the bible in a whole new light for me but Learning to see myself as the bride of Christ, learning that I could enter into the the courtroom of the Lord without hiding behind the hats that I wear, without hiding behind um the defenses I had put up mm-hmm. was it, it was huge. It, it was massive.
0: Wow, I'ma tell you. My last guest, who I had asked that question, she said to me, and you said it, but this is what she said. She said, when I asked her about her identity, she said she went through all of these different ball of emotions. And she said, I had to come to this question. And she said, what would the daughter of a king know about who she is? So when you said daughter of a king, that's what I hollered because that's what she said. Uh What would a daughter of a king know about who she is, who her heavenly father is? And that is key because when you get to the place of knowing who you are in him, Mm -hmm. That is when the healing can take place. That is when those, the, the, the layers come off and God reveals who you are because we get so attached to people and, and feel like this, no, I'm, I'm this person because I'm attached to, to, to him or to her. No, no. Daddy wants to know, no, who are you? Yeah. As it relates to him because that technically that's who we are. And so I love, I love that. I love that story. That was so, that was so beautiful, Marilyn. That was so beautiful. So let me say this, our time is gone, but I want to, I want to give you a big thank you for being our guest today and coming and sharing your story with with my audience. I, I truly believe that, Women will feel that they can take that step, that they can um, walk in wholeness, that they can learn who they are in Christ. And and really, truth be told, the fight is all in our mindset. The fight is all between our ears. We have to realize who we are in Christ. Christ it's not about what we've done. it is about who we are in him. And so yes. we have to realize that uh, we sometimes we like to connect um, and attach ourselves to things and to people. but I are, if we have the mind of Christ, we can learn how to peel those layers back. We can learn how to get naked before the Lord and really Mm. learn who we are and realize that we are enough. And I think that's the biggest trick of the enemy is he doesn't want to realize that we are enough with the Lord. You know, and so I always love to um, woe my listeners at, at every at the end of every show. And woe stands for words of encouragement. So what words of final words of encouragement do you have, Merlin, to share with our Lioness Queens today?
1: The thought going through my head as we close here is to encourage somebody that's listening that if you're having an attachment problem to an unhealthy relationship and you are a daughter of the king attach yourself to christ you are his attach yourself to him make your identity him make your identity what christ has done for you who he is to you because uh, attachment is a real thing we are made for community we are made for connection and you are to attach yourself to christ you are to become his bride you are to learn how to move as the princess that you are and to raise your children accordingly they are young princes and princesses watching how you move in the courtroom of god so that they can move just like you and attach themselves when god calls them to you are called as a daughter of the king And I encourage you to straighten your crown and claim that as your identity. Mm, mm, mm. Thank
0: you so much. So, this is Reverend Dr. Marisha, your Lioness Queen. And at the end of every episode, Merlin, I love to do a chant. And so, I want you to repeat after me I am a Lioness Queen.
1: I am a Lioness Queen. God wants me to rise up. God wants me to rise up. He wants
0: me to take my rightful place. He wants me to take my rightful place. As the queen I am. As the queen I am. He wants me to be residue free.
1: He wants me to be residue free.
0: Intentional in my fight. Intentional
1: in my fight. Stand on the word of God. Stand on the word of God.
0: Realize I am a masterpiece.
1: Realize I am a masterpiece. I am. I am.
0: I am. I am I am enough I am enough I am a lioness
1: queen with a purpose I am a lioness queen with a purpose Amen 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 Amen
0: For joining the Lioness Queen podcast. Please subscribe and write a review. You can find me on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and even iHeartRadio. I would love to hear how this message empowered you. Come back next Tuesday at 3 p.m. for more from your Lioness Queen.